the character of Locke, he's like one of the most dynamic and spectacular people around. And uh, he intrigues you and scares you all at the same time. Well, John Locke is great because, like, you, you can't figure out if he's a good guy or a bad guy. When I first saw the reveal of Locke's episode, I actually yelled out loud, like, oh, my God! Now, I demand a place on that bus. You misrepresented yourself. I never lied. By omission, Mr. Locke, you neglected to tell us about your condition. My condition is not an issue. I've lived with it for four years. It's never kept me from doing anything. Well, I can't keep the bus waiting any longer. It isn't fair to the other people. Don't talk to me about fair! John Locke is someone who doesn't speak much, who uh, we don't know very much about until we see a couple quirky things that he does that uh, surprise people. It's going to start raining in one minute. And still, uh, when we see those things, it doesn't really reveal much. I think John Locke has left behind something that he was very happy to leave behind. He represents everything mystical about the show. He sort of has an uh, inner dialogue going on with the island. I've looked into the eye of this island. And what I saw was beautiful. He's the third part of that triangle that brings in sort of the Twilight Zone-esque qualities of the show. Welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello and welcome to episode number 31 of the Generally Speaking Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are coming to you from our living room. Actually, our family basement, family room, something or other. And anyway, we're coming here this week talking to you about our... What is this? Our third edition of the summer review of seasons one and two of Lost. And tonight is devoted to season one, episode number four, titled Walkabout. Which is a John Locke centric episode. John Locke being one of my very favorite characters on the island. And uh, first off, I want to tell everybody that this podcast is sponsored by Chris at CreatureHTPC.com. And we'll talk quite a bit about our sponsor at the end of the show, as I did a little audio interview with Chris and his, about his products and his store and what he has to offer. Anyway, let's go ahead and just give people an idea of what's going to come up into this show as far as our format is concerned. Stephanie, between your next yawn, do you think you could uh, tell us a little bit about the show? Sure, the format of our show. Um, we're going to break down our discussion into a few main sections. Start off with a brief audio recap and old character analysis. I love this new segment. And um, we're going to explore the um, mysteries of the island, which I think they're really starting to show some of them now at, at, at episode four. Yes, they are. And then, of course, our listener feedback, because our listeners are the most important part of our show absolutely and we'll take a look at lost in the news and we have some listener supported content uh and that would be kim settle points this week and as far as the lost experience if you guys are following the alternate reality online game the lost experience uh eric has some very important stuff he wants to share 
but he's trying to put together the best quality production, and he will have an update for us in next week's podcast. So look for that in uh, our podcast next weekend. Anyway, let's go ahead and get this thing started with our audio recap of this episode. What is it? Somebody's in there. Everyone in there's dead. Sawyer, right behind you, jackass. Run! Look, I know this seems harsh, but that fuselage in the sun, it's not about what they deserve. They're gone, and we're not. Lord of God for their wishes, their religions. We don't have time to sort out everybody's God. Really? Last I heard, we were positively made of time. Look, I'm not happy about it either. But we crashed a thousand miles off course. They're looking for us in the wrong place. It's been four days. No one's come. Tomorrow morning, we need everyone to start gathering up wood, dried brush, and turn that fuselage into a furnace. What are you making? Too soon to talk about. I'm not sure if it'll even work. You're trying to pick up the transmission, aren't you? The one we heard on the transceiver. If the French woman's transmissions have truly been playing on the loop for 16 years, then there must be a power source on the island. A significant one. And you can find it? Hypothetically, yes. Hey, why don't you help your dad with the wood? I'm sure Mr. Locke doesn't want a kid hanging around him all day anyway. At least he talks to me. What's going on? Jethro here's hoarding the last of the peanuts. My own stash. I found it in there. Okay, everybody, just calm down. We can find food. There are plenty of things on this island we can use for sustenance. And exactly how are we going to find the sustenance? We hunt. How'd you get that knife on the plane? Checked it. You either have very good aim or very bad aim, Mr. Locke. His name is Locke. Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure, GL-12, go ahead. Target area is acquired. Maneuvers are a go for 1,300 hours. Repeat, we are a go. Roger that. We'll convene at the usual rendezvous point at 1,300 hours. Locke, I told you I need those TPS reports done by noon today. But why can't I come? Because I said so. I don't need a babysitter. Come on, man. Vincent needs you here. And, hey, cheer up. This will give me a chance to get to know your friend Mr. Locke a little better. Some of us were wondering if maybe we should do some kind of memorial service or something. You could lead it. That woman's still sitting there. Mm-hmm. Her husband was on a plane. Right. You're even listening to me? What's a four-letter word for I don't care? Are you doing anything? Me? No, I, I was just, uh... What are you doing? Um, I was just gonna go for a walk. You want to come? Yeah. Yes. Sure. If you want to be alone, that's fine, but you have to take care of yourself. You must be proud. He's a brave kid. Yeah. I can't take credit for that. It wasn't part of his life. 
until his mother passed away two weeks ago. Tell me more about being a leader, Locke. While you're at it, tell me about this colonel thing. Cruised your file and human resources? You've never been in any of the armed forces. I'm just playing a game, Randy. It's, it's my lunch hour. I can play a game. Yeah. Tell me, what's a um, walkabout? Is a journey of spiritual renewal where one derives strength from the earth and becomes inseparable from it. What is it with you, Locke? Why do you torture yourself? When imagining you're some uh, hunter and walkabouts, wake up. You can't do any of that. Just don't tell me what I can't do. You have a nice way about you. Good soul. Patient, caring. I suppose that's why you became a doctor. Now I'm, I'm free to do all those things I ever wanted to do. Things that I know I was destined to do, like we talked about, Helen. I thought you understood, Helen. You, you know me better than John, anyone. John, if we talk any longer, I'm going to have to charge you for another hour. That's another $89.95. Look, look, I don't care about the money. I just... I'm sorry, John, I gotta go. No, uh, Helen, Helen. Helen! Helen! Doctor, my husband is not dead. Rose, he was in the tail section of the plane. It broke off in mid-flight. I'm sorry, but everyone who was in the rear of the plane is gone. They're probably thinking the same thing about us. And it seems I must continue to lie to anyone who asks me what it is I'm actually doing. Just put me on the bus right now. I can do this. No, you can't. Hey, hey, don't you walk away from me. You don't know who you're dealing with. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! This is destiny. This is destiny. This is, this is my destiny. This is, I'm supposed to do this, damn it! Don't tell me what I can't do! Lost Character Analysis So, Stephanie, tell me, what did you think about Walkabout? Seeing it this second or third or fourth time around (laughs) okay first i thought wow i've seen this a lot and um they just Locke's just creepy to me still you think he's creepy he's creepy yeah um i don't think he's creepy he's just creepy okay it's in his eyes well what we're gonna do in this segment of our show is talk about the characters And we're going to analyze them just a little bit. Now, Stephanie and I are not trained um, shrinks or anything (laughs) of that nature. Uh, Oh, I just said anything of that nature. Oh, wow. Uh, That's coming up. I don't even think you've seen that yet. And that'll be in the listener uh, feedback segment. Can can I count how many times you say that? I just said it once. Okay. So uh, we'll, this'll, that'll, I heard you say it once in your interview with Chris. I did. So it, it will be at the end in it, that interview. Yeah, so we've already said it at least twice, and I already know that I'm supposed to try to watch it because I didn't even realize I was saying it. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the characters and analyze them. And the mm-hmm. first person I want to talk about is uh, Jack because he's kind of, uh, you know, the first person that really has anything significant that is brought up in the episode. Yeah, John Locke. You know, we see his wiggly's toes, and we we wonder why he doesn't have his shoes on and stuff like that. But that's revealed later in the episode. But first, we have Jack calling the shots. 
when it comes to the whole burning the fuselage. Yeah. Saeed doesn't agree with him. And Kate's kind of like, you know, hey, I don't know about this. These are people. And and he kind of takes a, he takes in a little bit of what they said. Okay. Okay. He takes very little <laughs> into consideration about what they said. He's like, listen, they're dead. We're not. We're burning it. This is when it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And you're going to help me. And we're going to do this. But he said it in, in such a way that he's probably already considered all of the things that they're bringing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's very I mean, much... he's a person. He's he's a doctor. He's very much in, you know, to the whole... What's the word I'm looking for? Give me the scalpel. <laughs> you know? I, I'm calling... He, he's calling the shots. Yes, he, He's but, used to the authority. Okay, but that wasn't where I was going, but well, I can Well, tell me where you're going. You, you, to... Being humane, I guess. You know, where... Um, I think he was already thought about that. You know, if we breed them, they are just going to be dug up. And and how is that being any more respectful to them than to just go ahead and and cremate them? I think this episode... Which I think is the word they should have used rather than saying, we're going to burn them. I mean, yeah. like, he could have just said, you know, we're going to cremate them. That's all they're doing. I don't know. One of the things I think that is definitely clearly shown in this episode is that now that I have the perspective of both seasons, this is an episode that clearly indicates that Jack is not a religious person. In fact, that he could care less about religion. And where I'm coming from that is... Said says, you know, hey, listen, you know, we have what we have no idea what their religious, uh, you know, desires would have been for burial, and and he's like, listen, we ain't got time to declare whose people are, you know, what God, you know, and and I just when we think about a, an episode in season two, I think, or it might be coming up later this season, but man of science, man of faith. That's in season two. Okay, season two. So we that sets him up as, I mean, that title of that episode sets him up as the man of science, and the fact that it's man of science, and it's almost or man of faith, which right. which is would be Locke. It, it's kind of saying this is them saying, listen, Jack is not a man of faith, which is kind of odd given the fact that he has seen miracles, you know, and and so anyway. And things of that right. nature. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh. What struck me about Jack um, seeing this again is that how authority, um, taking authority in in the the aspect of yes, we're going to burn you know burn the fuselage. This has to be done. But then when Claire comes to him and says, you know, we want to have a service, or was it? It was Claire. It was Claire. He's like, you know, I don't care who made me, you know, it's not my thing. Yep. Just kind of brushing off the whole authority thing. So you need to, Yeah, you know, you know which are to, you? Right. Are you the guy Are you charge? our leader or not? Yeah, and, and it seems like, your mind. And, and I think this episode's kind of showing that Jack is struggling. And of course, we know that that continues on for a couple more episodes. Right. Until he finally decides, yeah, I'm the leader. I, I, I can do this. Uh, so anyway, Saeed is next up, and the only thing I want to point out here is that 
you know, it's it's not really been played out a whole lot through the two seasons, but Saeed is a religious man. And mm-hmm. he 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 was very much concerned about the religious beliefs of those who uh, would be buried or how they would carry out their their final wishes. Mm-hmm. So he was very much concerned about that. And then in the very season finale uh, of uh, "Live Together, Die Alone," we noticed that on the boat with He's Sun praying. and Jen, he is praying. I, I think um, he must have been uh, Muslim. Muslim, and so mm-hmm. therefore he was he was praying to. Uh, well, you know, they showed they showed him in this episode kind of down on his knees, and I wondered if he had been praying then, but he may have just been doing something or working on something. I can't remember. I can't really remember what um, clip that was right now. But, uh, but I did think that just tonight watching Walkabout. Okay. Walt is next up, and I know that there is a lot of reaction from our disagreement of Walt. Mo- Walt and Michael and their yes. relationship with one another. Yes. And it's kind of exciting to see. And and people are arguing both points on the generally speaking lost yes. form. I think that and and I will state in, in my favor that I still don't believe really that Michael wanted to be a father now at this point in time when they've crashed on the island. I'm not saying when Susan's pregnant and they're picking up the crib, which we'll see in a couple you know, episodes in a flashback, but um, but right now where they are in their they have no relationship. They're building a relationship. But he I, and But you can care about someone and want to protect someone without being a good parent. Yeah, I'm not saying and I don't believe that I've said in the last episode that he has been a good parent. I believe that he wanted to be Michael's father and that's kind of I thought what our argument was. At during this portion of the show does Michael want to be Mike to be Walt's father? And my answer is absolutely yes. By the time that plane crashed on the island and he is responsible for Walt and his care on the island, he wants to be his father. He doesn't know how to do it well, and he's being overprotective of his son. He's a little freaked out about Mr. Locke at first. Rightfully so, because he's creepy. Okay. <laughs> But I, I'll now, give him that. I'll give Michael that. E- Edith Baker did go into the forum and mm-hmm. shared a phone conversation that Walt overheard, where yes. I think Michael was trying to pawn pa- him off, pawn on him his off mother. on his mother. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, is at that point, did he want to be the father? Then I believe deep down inside he wanted to, but he was scared to death, and he made a very huge mistake in trying to immediately react by saying this shouldn't have this this isn't supposed to be this is not in my plan or whatever i think that's just an initial reaction to this being thrown on him and i it, unfortunately walt did overhear that at least I, I haven't seen that portion of the show yet again so i'm taking edith's word for what she quoted out of that episode but how unfortunate it is for to, to know that walt would have overheard that conversation and of course, that definitely adds to this tension between the two of them. Right. But, but the reason why he doesn't want him around Mister Locke is because he doesn't know the guy, and he is a little strange. And and people are talking about him, and 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 I think he's rightfully trying. And and the whole argument came down to: Does he have the right to say you can't talk to this guy, or you must tell me this? And I, I think he, again, as a father. He has the right, so. 
and and my argument is you say as a father he has the right and my argument is at this point he's not a father biologically maybe relationally not and i disagree still and that's fine okay but what i want to talk about michael is um watching walkabout again well watching the first four episodes again and um seeing son speak korean knowing that she knows english now <laughs> and michael doing all this super when i come back and i'm gonna go away he looks like an idiot he just looks like such an idiot but that's because we n- now know that son can speak english right and what's cool is i think that probably harold Perronel, when he did that was not aware that in an episode later yeah, yeah. that she was going to speak <laughs> English, which I think is kind of cool because I think he probably although, although acted he still it out has of, he still has eye contact problems with Sun. That's because he's in love with her and, and she's going to give birth to his child on this island. Okay, we're not going there. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you the whole wants to be a good parent thing, <laughs> but we're not going there. <laughs> we're not going anywhere near there. No, that's a Doctor Nowhere Who close. reference. <laughs> Nowhere close. Anyway, uh, since you're talking about Michael, um, I actually didn't write down any notes other than the fact that we were going to argue yeah, about that. Some he more, got so. attacked by a boar. <laughs> he, he 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 seems to he seems to be saying to himself that you know I'm I'm checking this guy lock out and right. I'm not feeling as bad about him as as I did at once. He so. did take. I, I will admit that in Walkabout, he took his first steps toward responsible parenting. But I don't. Okay. I still stick by my first thought. We'll, we'll move right along. All right. But you know what? Well, None of it matters because they're not going to be in season three. Oh, we don't. <laughs> All right. Sawyer. Um, I, I want to just start calling him Mr. Cynical. Uh, <laughs> and the only Mr. other. Mr. Nasty. He's just nasty. He, he is. I, I will tell you. That I still have a hard time with Sawyer. Just yeah. he's just unbearable. But there are people it's like not, him that I, are always negative. They're always cynical, and sometimes I'm like that, and I hate that about me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I could say anything I want because he's not going to edit this. That's right. We're we're <laughs> we're going straight through. This is a live recording, and we're we're just moving right along. <laughs> So be careful what you say. I don't oh, you want... know what? What? Totally off topic. The other day I was watching The View, and you know what Barbara Walter says? What'd she say? Moving right along. I'm like, oh, totally. She listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Barbara Walters is listening to Generally Speaking. <laughs> she says moving right along. And things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. All right. So uh, let's see here. Sawyer the cynical, but he has a yes. soft side. And we see it several times. And this was the first time we saw it. On him, um, he, the soft side was that he showed this time was that he did give up the wallets. Yeah. To Claire, he's like, "Listen, I, I understand." Probably took the money out of him first. Oh, there's no doubt about it. On that. the island, <laughs> I, and I'm sure he took other things out of the island. Yeah. Just being the person that he is, but but the fact is, is that he didn't have to give those up, and he's kind. Of, I think he's torn between whether or not he wants to be this hard nosed guy, mm-hmm. and I believe there's a very soft side. There's the soft side that says, "Here's." Here's these wallets that might help you out with this memorial service. And then there's the soft side that we saw in three minutes or something like that around the end of season two where he mm-hmm. says, listen, you're about the closest thing I've got to a friend. Right. So there is a soft side to Sawyer. Soft side to Sawyer. I wonder so, if somebody can make a song out of that. I'm sure they could. Next up is the boss, Randy. Everybody <laughs> hates 
a boss like this. Now, this he guy... He's the cockiest young man. Well, he, he, there's a couple of the unique themes in, in Randy as a boss. Number one, he's the younger guy mm-hmm. who happens to be the boss of of, of John Locke, right. an older gentleman. And it's funny because Dina Scott and I have been talking, uh, where I've been consulting her on our podcast for controllingchaos.com. <laughs> and she has a project management podcast, and she co-hosts that with a guy named Lee Scott. Now, they're not married. They just happen to say, have the same last name. And what's funny is I listen to them, and I've been doing, uh, been reviewing their podcast and giving them some uh, talk, some hints here and there. And I didn't realize this, but Lee is quite a bit younger than Dina, and Dean and and Lee is Dina's boss. Really? And at first, when they first met, they did not get along. And I just and I'm like, you have to share this on your podcast. And and it's so funny because we're sitting here rewatching this episode. Mm-hmm. And so Dina, did you see Randy? You need to you need to point that out to Lee that that what really bugged me about Randy and about about any supervisor in that type of of job is you know the dude's on his lunch break and it doesn't matter how much I don't like Locke leave him alone yeah he's not on your time right now and not only that but what's <laughs> up with Randy going through his going things. through and stuff on the desk hey what's this walkabout brochure. I wanted, and is mm, he, I would have rolled over. I would have ran over him with my wheelchair. I so I so would have. <laughs> I would have run him down. And what is up with? Is Randy has Randy been tap? You know, doing that. You know, this call will be monitored by so and so for a quality. Of, is has has Randy been listening in on his phones and, re, and reviewing his all the calls that come in and here's Maybe. the Colonel Locke. You know, because how else would he know about the Colonel deal? So is the is being Locke's boss and working for the box company before or after he's Hurley's boss at Cluckety? You know, Cluckety Cluck Cluck Day. <laughs> you know, the answer to that is out there, and it's been okay. given. I'm will going someone to guess. post that in Stephanie's space on the Lost Forum? Yes, they will. And and they can tell me if Please. I'm right or wrong, but I believe that Randy had lost his job from Mr. Clucks because mm-hmm. of the fire there, I believe. Okay, didn't or, get squashed or, by an asteroid. Oh yeah, it got, that's it. It got squashed by an asteroid, and there was some kind of connection. Okay, and, and then he came was, the box company, and then he was offered a job at the box company. So, well, he was Locke's a jerk boss. either way. He, he was a jerk in both places yeah, as a boss. He's just a crappy person. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So anyway, yeah. and I think we all can relate. I think all of us, well, most of us, who have had at least more than one employer, have had an employer like that or right. a manager like that that just really gets under your skin. And and so, it, as much as I as much as I don't like Randy, I, I maybe I like, Randy's maybe Randy's whole problem is that there's a vice president ahead of him who's younger than him. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. squashes his spirit all day long. She's a, and it's a thirteen-year-old female. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, moving right along, we have Kate, and um, the question is: I think that you have. It seems that you might have problems staying in one place for very, very long. And Jack seemed to pick that up pretty quickly. Yep. Why are you going into the jungle every time there seems to be some kind of hunting party or something? To the heart. 
of darkness. To the heart of darkness. And, of course, knowing the rest of the season, we understand why she keeps going into the jungle. She wants to find the center of the plane to find the box. Right. She's on the look for the box. And that's why she... She anytime, finds she's swimming. Yes, exactly. Next up, we have Claire... One of the things that I am going to pull out about Claire in this episode, and I don't know that I've ever realized this before, but they played her off and set her up to be the most kind and caring individual on this island. Mm -hmm. She seems to be the most um, genuine as far as her care for everyone. And, And that comes from her desire to make sure that there's a memorial service and when she can't get confirmation from Jack, and she said, well, maybe... Mommy, I'll do it myself. Exactly. And not only that, but did you see the look on her face when she says, "Is your name Sa- your name is Saeed, isn't mm-hmm. it? And she says, I think this is yours, and it's got your name on it. And when he says, I thought I lost it, I mean, just the look of yeah. joy on her face. That is somebody who is a genuinely good person at heart, which goes to the episode... Uh, raised by another, and Richard Malkin, the psychic, says, Says listen, only you... Only your influence, doesn't he say that? Yeah, only your influence can raise this child. Nobody other than you, because your goodness, you know, and... and Mm -hmm. So there's something there, and and they even set it up in this episode that early on. And, of course, then they show the, is the word right, antithesis of her goodness to the snottiest most wretched attitude that a woman could ever have being Shannon. (laughs) I mean, hello. She seemed to care less about Rose, who had not been eating or drinking, and she's like, you know, Boone's kind of like, well, you know, hey, maybe we should go say something. And she's like, what's a four-letter word for I don't care? (laughs) And, And then, of course... You know, she's like, I can fend for myself. And then, then she totally uses Charlie. Well, that's what she does. That is. And that's what I'm saying. She, she's, and she's a snotty. her enabler. Well, we find that out later. But it's still, here on the island, you know, we've got, she uses Charlie. And then she totally ignored Charlie. He brings the fish and is oh, like, yeah. dude, I told well, because, you I could get a fish. And she walks off and leaves him. Because it was, because the whole fish wasn't about I mean she getting used, food yeah she and it used wasn't Charlie a, and it wasn't about using Charlie or getting the fish it was about, about proving to Boone that she could take care of herself I agree we agree on that sweet sweet and then of course she didn't even seem to care that Locke didn't come back it's like well I guess that means yeah. no food for us right not like she's going to eat wild meat anyway. Listen here. I, I will have to say... Like I'm going to start eating chocolate in now. This, in this episode, <laughs> she is heartless and cold and... And and it doesn't change until Boone dies. Right. So, and, and so the question is, what has caused her to be that way? And we're not going to answer that right now because we need to move right along. But okay. something that we'll be talking about later, especially in the Shannon separate centric episode next up charlie now we see that charlie is about ready to pull out his drugs and and start using and then all of a sudden shannon comes along it's Mm -hmm. like hey you want to go for a walk and he's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean hello (laughs) calm down fido 
And then he puts those drugs away, and and he's like, and and of course, I don't feel so char- bad about. Char- well, I do feel bad about Charlie, and then I don't feel bad about Charlie because he totally uses Hurley. He did had him out there trying to catch your fish. <laughs> but then Hurley, then Hurley's like, go, and then he laughs when he goes head first. That was good. But then, of course, when Shannon does reject him at the end, I wonder if that's what kind of led him at the very end to go using again. That night, when when they're all gathered together, he sneaks off um, during the memorial, right. gets his drugs, and then he stands next to Kate, which you wanted to say something, I think, right during the very end. Him yeah, and Kate. I just I just said that that's our first glimpse of our of our off screen. What I say, lovebirds. Yeah. Yeah. So, are they still together? I have no idea. There was rumors that she and was pregnant. And if they're able to keep it private, con- more power to them. Because I think the whole this is for a whole nother podcast. But the whole celebrity stalking is really getting old. Yeah, it is. Leave them alone. So unless they're getting DUIs and it's in public news anyway. So if it's if it's a matter of public record, that's fine. But please. Stop going hunting down people and and, and putting Robin people them at in danger. Point. You know, you know, cut no. that out, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're totally we, dismissing no, what I'm no, saying. No, I'm not. I totally get what you're saying. And you know, we're running low on time, and I don't want to edit. See, I'm going to keep what you just said in there, but in honor of keeping that in, we got to move right along. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, we have Jack about Rose. You know, basically, he's sitting there going, getting things ready at the fuselage and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, they say, you know, perhaps you need to go over and talk to this lady. She hasn't been, you know, she's been over there. It's like, listen, why me? I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist. And, And it's like... That was the other part I was meaning about Jack was that... You know, are you going to be the the leader or are you not? Right. That that was the other part I was thinking of. And then, of course, uh, Rose, we see that uh, she sees good in Jack. Mm-hmm. And she has great faith that her husband is alive. And now we have to wonder of... That's our first hint of... Bernard and the tailies. the tailies. tailies. yes. Yeah, that, they're, that they may introduce them. Yes. Okay, and then, of course, we have to wonder if Rose is lying about that ring. Because, as I think it was the gunslinger or somebody pointed out, that in the flashback of the airplane, showing Rose and Jack talking about how scared she is about flying, and and Jack says it's going to be, there is no ring on that necklace in that flashback anywhere. So, that's, maybe it was just a a prop error. Anyway, and then, of course, we, or you had said. Or they had to write it in. Because they were going to introduce tailies. Yes. And then Hurley. And you said about Hurley. What? That he's, he's helping everybody everywhere he can. That's right. And he's he's the guy that everybody loves. Yes. And it's kind of funny because Hurley is the guy. Everybody loves Hurley. Mm-hmm. And, and of you course, know, we they've get- really set it up so that in these first couple episodes, um, that it seems like it might be Claire and Hurley instead of Claire and Charlie. Yeah. You know? Um, which I really love Claire and Charlie together now being, you know, at the end of season two. But we're going to find out next season. But, um, you know, Jack assigning Hurley to watch over her and and things of that nature. So um, <gasps> You just said things of that nature. <gasps> I did. 
you know, sorry, people. I've been married to the man for 10 years. I've picked up a lot of his bad habits. Trust me. <laughs> oh, like they're mine. They're anyway. yours and yours alone. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Hurley's just the, he seems to be the help everybody fix it guy, kind of. Which is kind of funny that yeah. they actually titled an episode, Everybody Hates Hurley. Right. So. And it, Hugo. Hugo. Everybody Hugo, hates Hugo. Hugo Reyes. Alrighty, and of course, I saved the best to last, and that would be John Locke. Several things I wanted to talk about with him. What wheelchair? The creepy cut over his eye. The just creepy makes him cut. Look even you more got the creepy. well. You got the wheelchair. You got the knife. You got the wild boar. I mean, this man is a man of mystery. He's a man of adventure. You know, he's like we hunt. Don't don't don't. He's the survivalist. I mean, if he had a kid, I'm sure he would dangle it over the mouth of a crocodile. I mean, okay, I'm getting carried away. Yeah, that's a little too far. My question is this. Yes. Or my question is this. I'm going to turn it into a statement. I believe John Locke was a colonel in the military, not in the armed forces where it's on record, but some kind of secret military force how do i get that uh, yeah how do you get that you've got they're out there hunting all we've seen of and his he, past and so you can't far. see this but i'm doing little hand motions he is he's i'm doing hand yeah. motions it's like over there okay and then he's a, been studying it for four years okay, that doesn't mean he's, okay that alone i agree the hand motions of that whole you know which um, if michael wouldn't have had to say some kind of sarcastic mark about the hand motions he wouldn't have got well, but the thing is, he did, and that's why Locke knew that. And it's like, <laughs> but okay, so he he he's been he's got the hand motions, and not only that, but Randy makes it a point to say, you know, what's up with this Colonel thing? I've looked at your records, right? And I don't, I've not, there's no record of you being in any of the armed forces. And of course, again, that wouldn't be on his record if it was a secret Black organization mm-hmm. that he's not supposed to tell anybody about. And then, uh, of course, he says to the tour guide, he, or the yeah, the tour guide, he says, "Listen, don't tell me what I can't do." Uh, you have, he says this, and this is a quote: "You have no idea who you're talking to. I probably know more than you do." And get him, the guy mm-hmm. cuts him off. You have no idea who you're talking to. That means that there is something more about John Locke. That that he is not told them. It's like and and he he kind of I can, it's as if he wanted to say, listen, I was a colonel and blah blah blah. I can right. do this, and of course you know. I, so I think that I think we're going to find out that he really was a colonel. And he must have been discharged for being mentally unstable. He says I have a he says I have a therapist. <laughs> to Hel- was it yes, Helen? Helen. Helen. To Helen. And mm-hmm. uh, the question that's out there is, is who's his therapist? But anyway, we we see that John's got some problems. Absolutely. What's that's all we've seen of John. Is Helen, this, Helen's on this, you know, we, we assume that it's some sex adult talk line. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned something that, you know, in television shows when they have these kind of things, they kind of say things like, you know. Well, who do you want me to be? Yeah, who do you want me who to be? Who do you need me to be? Yeah, things like that. And and so, did he make up the persona of Helen to kind of be there for some kind of emotional right. support? 
He's like, listen, I, I don't want any of this sex stuff. I'll pay the eighty nine ninety five an hour or whatever. Just let me call you Helen. Let me call you Helen. I just want you to talk with me because I need this. Right. You know, and, and so I believe that her name wasn't Helen, but he was actually trying to do that. And, of course, he had a therapist, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, uh, yeah, so we John Locke, fascinating character. I like him. I, I really do. like him. I know you do. I mean, it, it, he really, I, I think that, that they're in, in this destiny thing, you know? So anyway, it's we're, a little overboard. Yes, me, but, but, but that puts us into the next realm of things that we're going to discuss right. in this podcast, and that is exploring the island. We're lost on an island, running from boars and monsters, freaking polar bears. I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful. Lost, exploring the mystery. Freaking polar bears. <laughs> I love Hurley. Yeah. So on our Generally Speaking Lost forum, we have a couple of threads out there. And, and the, the forum has been running a little light during the summer uh, uh, hiatus here. And we have just a couple of posts. And one of them is titled, Unanswered Questions from Walkabout. And uh, let's see here. Benish, I think is his name. He asks, why was Locke in a wheelchair to begin with? What are your Don't thoughts? Don't we all want to know? <laughs> Don't you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to know. Um, no, seriously, this is one that we do want to know that I thought would have been answered in season in two. our season two flashbacks. I'm kind of upset not. that that one wasn't. I know. It, which it's leads like, me to believe that there is going to be something really huge. Now, the thing is, is here's the deal, okay? He seemed to be very young in all the Helen flashbacks flashbacks yeah something could he have gone and after helen left could he have then that late in life got involved in some kind of secret military force see i just don't see luck having that personality being that kind of but i know you don't but but i'm just saying this is a theory could it i'm just asking is it possible that he could get in some to something like that that late in life after Helen leaves him and all that stuff goes down, he goes in, becomes a colonel in this thing, and he loses his legs as a result of his involvement as a colonel. That's the only reason I can think that they would leave something that big out for season three. Or it's just really not that big at all. You think that maybe he was... uh, Maybe He was so distraught that Helen left him and he lost all the money his dad was going to give him that he fell down the steps. You know, like, no big deal. Yeah. I'm like, it's... I would would agree with you in that they've either had to have put it off so long that it's such a big event in John's life. Or it's a no big deal accident that caused him... Do you know what I mean? Not... That it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah, I, I, I'm so. gonna have to say that I really believe that it's it's gonna be a big deal. That's Whether fine. or not it's gonna be that he's he was really a colonel, that's just my own personal theory, but right. we'll see. And then what exactly did Locke see when he was confronted by the monster? Well, or, I think we've all assumed that he saw what Locke saw. Or Echo. Echo. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. That, I, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. 
So I, I, I believe he saw the flashbacks. I believe yeah. he, he confronted well, the smoke. Kim pointed out bon- that, we, that the clicking. Oh, wait. don't We haven't heard that yet. Kim's going to point out. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Something in her subtle points. that In just a few minutes. I know about already. That's strange. How did you find out about that? I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> and then it's as if you've been looking at my notes or something. Okay, who is... But they're not in here. I know. Who is Helen Locke? Oh, okay, that, well, we already talked about that. Right. So, so moving right along. Uh, what? And that, that question was by mm-hmm. N. Steele, by the mm-hmm. way. And then Marley2A2, very famous on the Generally Speaking Lost Forum. What made Locke think that he could do a walkabout in a wheel, you know, being that he was in a wheelchair? What would give him such an idea? And my answer to that? Norman Croucher. Double amputee. Did this, 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 and this. And I believe that he's experienced some kind of supernatural vision or calling and he believes that this is his destiny. And perhaps it... We know he believes it's okay. his destiny. And, and Could per- he tell us any more? And perhaps he got that vision or calling at some point when he was possibly a colonel. <laughs> <laughs> You're driving me crazy. <laughs> oh, goodness. So thank you guys for putting those uh, things out there on the forum. And I encourage you guys to go out and put more stuff out on the forum for us to discuss and bring into this Exploring the Mystery. Uh, Just real quick, they had the numbers. They're tracking the numbers for us. And Laura said... That Locke had been talking to Helen for eight months. D3 said... Jack mentions it's been four days and no one's come. And D3 also mentions... Locke's been paralyzed for four years. And Ball96992 says that he believes he might have remembered that Locke had been uh, scheduling the walkabout for four months, and that is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I was actually listening for that as we were just reviewing it, and he says, I've been planning this for years. Right. And, and it wasn't a number. So, But anyway, thanks for at least... And, I mean, he said, um, I, to, to credit him, he did say, I'm not sure, but I think I remember this. So Jack and Rose were in row 23. Very good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, so let's move on to Kim's subtle points, because I know that you're very excited to hear (laughs) maybe something that Kim might say. So let's go ahead and get that started. Hi, this is Kim reporting to you your subtle points from the episode Walkabout. In an episode flashback involving Locke and Randy back at Locke's office, we find Randy telling Locke not to have personal phone calls. Locke uses his calculator with the paper printout. The printing sound just before the scene changes. Locke! I told you I need those TPS reports done by noon today. Not 12.30, not 12.15, noon. I heard you the first time, Randy. I know personal calls during office hours. Colonel? We hear some reverb applied to the sound of the calculator printing after Locke pushes the button. It sounds exactly like one of the sounds heard within encounters with the monster, particularly later in the episode with Locke.
Okay, I'm going to stop right there. And Are you sure we didn't play that last week? Because I've heard that before. I, I played it for you when she she mailed it in to us. Oh. She, she sent it in last week because we had planned on right. doing this episode last week. Sorry for blowing that for you, Kim. That's all right. <laughs> it wasn't totally blown. I mean, people just got to hear it. Anyway, Kim said it sounded, the calculator sound, or the printer sound on the calculator, sounded a lot like when the episode, like when the monster showed up in the episode right. later with Locke. However, here I want to point out where it was even more prevalent of the sound in 23rd Psalm when the same monster appeared to echo. This goes to further support my theory that the nanobots are all miniature computers and that they're printing out all kinds of data. (laughs) Kim, take it away. Later in the lost season, we understand that Locke had a long-standing relationship with a woman named Helen that he had met at an anchor management class. They had split up. Locke was able to walk at that time. Presumably, after Locke and Helen split up, he becomes paralyzed. At some point thereafter, he calls a number that charges eighty nine ninety five an hour and speaks to a woman named Helen for eight months. Could this be that Locke has tried to find an emotional replacement for his beloved Helen by speaking nightly to this Helen? We can assume that the number he's calling is for adult purposes, because as she's declining his Australia trip, she states, This isn't really normal. This isn't what I do. Please note the numbers references to eight months speaking to Helen and four years in the wheelchair. Jack goes to see how he can help Rose as she's been sitting on the beach not having any food or water. She tells him, You have a nice way about you. Good soul. Patient. Caring. In season two's episode of SOS, Jack and Kate are talking. I asked Saeed first, but he turned me down. And I only asked you because they don't want you. They grabbed you, had you at gunpoint. They could have kept you, but they didn't. Then again, they didn't really want me either. Damaged goods. Both of us. Rose sees Jack as having a good soul, while Jack and Kate see themselves as damaged goods. The others obviously didn't want them previous to live together die alone, as they did have ample opportunity prior to them. Something to consider are the qualifications that the others look for in people that they take. This is Kim, and thanks for listening to My Subtle Points. Thank you so very much, Kim, for those subtle points, and uh, thank you very much for including the audio clips in there and, and, and things of that nature. I'm having too much fun with this. Uh, in fact, since since people are wondering why I'm purposely throwing that in there uh, just as a joke, let's go ahead and move into our listener feedback segment. Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure, go ahead. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Now, Stephanie, before you read this message from Bob Denver, and uh, it, it is a critical message, 
or criticizing message. Mm-hmm. I will let you know that I've emailed back and forth with with uh, Bob, and uh, things are pretty cool. He he was being constructive, but I think that Bob, just in case you're wondering, perhaps when there's some constructive criticism, you could not use like disgustingly overused. Um, there's there's a there's got to be this fine line between constructive criticism and just going a little bit overboard with your point that you're making because this one just borderlines on it. But anyway, I, we did get your point, and Stephanie, go ahead and read what uh, Bob had written to us. Okay. I'm just going to point out that I said that not knowing you had gotten this email. Oh, I know. Okay. Okay, I need to make a comment <laughs> And things of that nature. I hope you consider this constructive criticism and things of that nature. There is a particular phrase that you two disgustingly overuse and things of that nature on your podcast. (laughs) You should try living with this man, okay? You listen to him one hour a week. On the last podcast, I think you used this phrase about seven or eight times. What is worse, it was mostly misused or used inappropriately. For example, we pay about $29 a month or things of that nature. Um, what things are you referring to? The amount of money is... Is an amount of money a thing? Okay. The amount of money is an amount is an amount of money a thing. And does it have a nature? In this house it might. You get the idea. <laughs> this is getting kind of obnoxious, and I cringe every time you say it. Um, when did things of that nature and stuff... No, when did things like that... Oh, sorry. It's important because he goes on to make a point. Okay. So sorry. That's all right. We'll forgive you. When did things like that and stuff and that sort of thing get replaced by this pretentious phrase? <laughs> It is very trendy, but totally overdone and misstated. And you are not helping. All in capital letters with an exclamation point. Well, I was going to scream it at you, but I thought that'd be kind of loud. Yeah. Please, please, please stop saying and things of that nature. I can't take it anymore, Bob, from Los Angeles. Bob, thank you very much for sending in your email. And yes, we don't mind... Uh, a little criticism here and there and things that will help us to improve our podcast and things of that nature. Um, <laughs> I'm totally kidding now. Now I'm doing it for fun. And and hopefully that yeah. will make him there's cringe a, there's less. A, there's a difference between doing it for fun and doing it completely on purpose. Well, okay. I'm doing it completely on purpose for fun. <laughs> okay. Moving right along. So anyway, I just have to, just absolutely have to say... That you should try living with this man. You've said that two or three times. And if you say it again, I'm going to have to go back and edit the podcast. Now I'm going to go back and say it again and see if Bob emails me and tells me to stop telling him to live with you. (laughs) Moving right along. Anyway, what I wanted to say is that I had sent him back and saying, you know, I had no idea that we even said that phrase. And, uh, you know, I'll try to keep an eye out. Is this a we or is this a you and I'm getting... You are the first person who said things of that nature tonight. You go back and listen to this okay, podcast. But, okay. But anyway, I'm going to try to keep an eye out for things of that nature. And as soon as I responded back to him and things of that nature, um, <laughs> I got a phone call from a client today. 
and she wanted me to talk to her about her homeowner's insurance that she wanted me to insure. And she was telling me about all kinds of things about her policy. And she said, and I'm telling you, this is, I hit send on the email. I pick up the phone and get this call. And one of the very first phrases that comes out of her mouth as she's telling me about her policy is the phrase, and things of that nature. I was blown away. It's like I had never even heard that term. I, I Consciously. I've never heard that term before. So is that one of those things that is like um, only in our area? No, I don't think like so. Like if we talked to Bob on the phone and we said please as in to ask him to um, repeat, himself. repeat himself, not please as in begging him, you know, for something, that that is... That is specific to to the Cincinnati area, to where we're from. Right. Um, and it really dr- drives other people crazy. Especially when you work at a national call center for yeah. Staples. And I had a lady from California that doesn't understand that our phrase, please, means could you repeat yourself? I didn't right. hear what you said. And she called in. She was all huffy and puffy and angry with me. And I and she's like, I want to talk to your manager, and and, and I didn't hear what she said. I was like, I I I, asked, I wanted to ask her to repeat herself, and I said, please. And she's like, I am not gonna beg you to talk to you. You're gonna put. She's like, whoa, whoa, what did I say? And she goes, you told me to say please. I I'm like, no. I'm like, please. I didn't understand you. I'm like, please. Right. And so, so so is that phrase something that no, is specific to he, here? He says that he even mentioned here. Um, that it's, it's true to do. Please stop saying things. Uh, he says, uh, it's trendy, but overdone and misstated. And so the fact that he says it's trendy, I think, and we are wasting way too much time talking about this. So anyway, we're going to try not to say, and things of that nature and things of that nature anymore. I'm just kidding. Don't give me your hand, like talk to the hand kind of stuff. We do have one other listener feedback and, and uh, let's go ahead well, I, and, and see. And I have one I want to talk about. So go ahead. Oh, you got some listener feedback, too? Well, let's listen to Gunslinger. How did you get listener feedback? Hello, Cliff and Stephanie. This is the Gunslinger again, uh, calling from the road. Uh, listening to the podcast and having another alias uh, reference made me remember, I believe it's in the first few episodes of season four, uh, Sydney is throwing a party, I think it's a birthday party for Weiss, and uh, her father comes into the room, and they're having a conversation, and there's a lull in the conversation, and the song playing in the background is You All Everybody by Drive Shaft. So uh, I thought that was a cute little uh, tie-in between the two episodes, especially considering that that episode of Alias was either filmed concurrently or right before the, uh, the same episode in Lost. So... Uh, Hope you find that enlightening. Bye, Gundios, and stay lost. Thank you very much, Adam. That's for awesome. That. <laughs> oh, I mean, Gunslinger. Uh, but it, yeah, that's cool. They, they actually used the yeah. song "You All Everybody" in, a, in an episode of Law or Alias. Alias, and of course, we watched it back then. Of course, I did not watch Lost at the time, right? And so I would have never picked that up. And I wonder how many people actually picked it up when they were watching both shows if they were playing at the same time. So, anyway. Stephanie, you said that you got a a, a listener feedback because typically I get all those and I forward them to you. Well, that's what happened. Oh, so I I got yeah. one and I forward it. I don't get anything important unless it comes from you. <laughs> send some send some email, guys, to Stephanie at Ravenscraft dot org. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, 
her name escapes me right now. Okay. Barbara? No. So. Barbara asked me if I like Walmart, which I don't, and that's a whole other story I'll have to explain to her later. Well, let's just say we apologize we don't remember the name of the it's person. It's Ellie or Emmy Emma or... Leap from the forum. Yes, I think so. Okay. Anyway, had asked me a question about, um, I had stated that I believe that when um, in Live Together, Die Alone, when, um, I believe it's possible that when Desmond um, turned the failsafe, that he not only um, discharged the the electromagnetic buildup, but that maybe the geological phenomenon that was happening at this particular place was completely wiped out. So then would, would Rose's cancer come back and Locke not be able to walk? And then in talking about the pilot, said that baby Aaron... May have been dead. May have been dead, and that the and that was based on the nanobots theories healing him and and things of that nature. I didn't say it, <laughs> and things like that, and um, stuff. <laughs> Her question to me was: Was I saying that if that had happened, is Aaron gonna die? Is Aaron gonna die? And I'm not going to say that because I don't think that they would ever kill the baby off because I think they would get hate mail, <laughs> which you could send to ABC, not podcast at Ravenscraft.org. <laughs> but, um. Well, they killed off a tree flog and they got all the feedback. True. So imagine what they'd do if they killed, off, know, baby killed off the baby Aaron. But, um. Nobody's so no, safe that's on not. That, yeah, nobody's safe, but that would be cruel. An, an, and unusual punishment. So I'm not saying that... In my mind, they're based on two different theories. One being the electromagnetic um, geological phenomenon going on at this particular place. The other being nanobots healing people and, and bring, making things whole again. But we know that people aren't exempt from death because we've had four people die. So my own theory is a little flawed. So, I can't really answer your question right now, but I don't think that baby Aaron's going to die. Okay. Uh, Well, thank you very much, everybody, for your listener feedback. And we do encourage you to uh, send us your emails at podcast at ravenscraft.org. You can even send them to Stephanie at ravenscraft.org if you'd like. I'll forward them to Cliff. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't. I would read everyone. And also, we really encourage you to call our listener line at area code 413-521-0958. That, again, is area code 413-521-0958. And uh, leave us your comments and feedback and questions, and uh, we'll get them in there on our show. Lost in the News. Wow. That was loud. (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't the only one thinking that. Anyway, moderator Matt from the Generally Speaking Lost Forum has been busy posting away, giving us some more content for Lost in the News. First off, he's got a story. Manhattan Beach, California, June 19th, PRN Newswire. Taking its next bold step to a bold... Okay. Taking its next bold step to build a lifestyle brand... 
Michelle K has announced today that it has partnered with actress Evangeline Lilly from ABC's drama Lost to represent the new face of the Michelle K fashion company in its new ad campaign. Stephanie. Lost star Matthew Fox will reporting reportedly will reportedly join Okay. Lost star Matthew Fox will reportedly join Sylvester Stallone in the fourth Rambo movie as a wrongly accused fugitive. That's cool. The actor that they're doing another Rambo. I no, mean, that he's going to be that Fox is going to be a wrongly wrongly accused fugitive. I think okay, that'd be a good role cool. for him. Maybe in a new movie. Um, the actor who plays Doctor Jack Shepard in the island drama will play Patrick Merchant, according to. I can't see him as a Patrick though. Okay, according to Top Salon News website, SlyCentral.com, a posting on the site says Fox Fox's salary is being determined as he is asking for some sort of script control and wants to share screen time with Sly. Oh, goodness. Sorry, Matthew. Rambo, Rambo, Rambo. Some movies are just way overdone. Yeah. Come up with an original I idea. I have some issues with things anyway. I've heard that Sylvester Stallone has said in private, and I don't want to get politically incorrect here, and so I'm just going Why to... Why not? No, I'm going I to reserve know. them to myself and tell you that Jorge Garcia is about to get into the holiday spirit for 20th Century Fox. Sweet! According to <laughs> Variety, Garcia is joining the cast of Deck the Halls, a seasonal col- comedy being rushed into production with John Whitesell. Big Mama's House 2 at the helm. Uh, let's see here. The film focuses on the rivalry between two men, Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. I love those Matthew are, Broderick. Yeah, but those are two people I'd never imagine seeing in a film together. Really? Why not? not in a, I don't know. It's just that does not seem to me. Those are usually the best matches. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, it's going to be a uh, rivalry between those two men who are overly increasingly uh, garish. Over increasingly garnish. It, says, it garish, says garish. But it's, maybe he meant garnish. Christmas mm-hmm. decorations. Eventually, they learn the true meaning of the holiday. Gifts. <laughs> Garcia will play Wallace. I wonder if he'll play like a Braveheart type of Wallace. Now he would be, wouldn't Harley Described Baker... as a colorful character oh. in town who constantly bothering Broderick's character. I love Matthew Broderick. I will see that movie. I will too. And Jorge Garcia, obviously. Um, There are more Lost in the News stories linked in our Generally Speaking Lost forum. Yes, and our Generally Speaking Lost forum is running a little slower uh, as far as the number of posts during the summer hiatus. However, there are still hundreds of people on there and interacting on a weekly basis. And I'm working on trimming down some of the posts so that you so that some of the higher trafficked areas are fu- easier to find rather than looking. Somebody had commented that, wow, this is supposed to be a really active forum and I don't see anything other than this confirma- conversation about this this. Uh, announcement you made cliff and and the thing is is there is a lot of discussion taking place on our forum but there are just so many discuss well it's not just in the bottom (laughs) but there there are so many different discussion threads that it's it's difficult to find where they are so i'm gonna try to trim that down over the next week or so okay anyway coming up on lost oh coming up on lost this isn't what was supposed to happen it's gonna happen you don't want to know what was supposed to happen i know because you don't know what's gonna happen. You know what? We're not gonna find out. Don't, don't you, you wanna, wanna know? know?
Dude, you don't want to know. Stephanie, next episode, season one, episode number five, titled... White Rabbit. It is a Jack-centric episode. Joanna, a character who had not been previously mentioned, drowns in the ocean, despite Boone and Jack's best efforts to save her. That's the right. lifeguard Boone can't even lifeguard. do it. Yep. Uh, that's because he blows water into the belly. <laughs> uh, they hold a makeshift funeral for her with a few bits of information they can glean from her few recovered possessions. Delirious from a lack of sleep, Jack believes he sees his father stalking him from a distance, which we saw the beginning of yes. that in this episode, and forsakes the leadership role. Well, imagine that. <laughs> uh, and let's see here. And it says, I, I love how they wrote this, and forsakes the leadership role the others have thrust upon him in order to follow the appar- apparition and determine whether he is hallucinating. While flashbacks explain why Jack is in Australia, Boone gets himself into trouble with the others. Jack's search for his father results in finding a source of fresh water for the survivors, as well as a nice cave for them to live in. Anyway, that's about it. That's coming up, and what we're going yep. to do is we're going to ask you to watch you Season 1, think? Episode 5, and uh, view that Call in your listener comments at 413-521-0958. Send us emails to stephanie at ravenscraft.org. And post some stuff in the thread on the Generally Speaking Lost Forum. And we will have so much time to put your comments and research and questions. And Stephanie, you want to say something? I just want to say I think the episode titles were better for Season 2 than Season 1. You think so? Yep. I don't I'm know. sure I, there's something behind White Rabbit. I'm sure we'll find it. But what, chasing a white rabbit? Yeah, I know, I get it. But there's there they were better. I like Tabula Rasa. You had to go and find out. That, that was that, a good one. Tabula Rasa was a good one. Raised by there's a, a few. Raised there, by another. There are a few really good ones. Walkabout. There, are, I have not seen. Oh, aren't we yeah. sure on time? <laughs> Moving right along. Next up, we want to give you a Generally Speaking podcast update. <laughs> you did that one all by yourself, didn't you? Can you tell that Rem didn't put that together? Are you giving me a hard time? Rem, help us. Here. Yeah. I'm like, I'm dizzy. It sounds like an old pinball game. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Oh, goodness. That's fun. So, we want to say thank you very much to our voters on Podcast Alley. Would you believe we are currently ranked 22nd out of more than 21,000 podcasts? Yeah, I'm still amazed we got more than 10 listeners. (laughs) We have a few more than 10. (laughs) So, we might have 12. And... (laughs) They all voted like 35 <laughs> times each. So anyway, we sincerely thank you for voting and getting us at the top of that list. And, and our goal for each month is to at least get into the top 10 for a week or so. 
And the reason for that is is we want as much exposure to uh, the people who are searching for podcasts to listen to on Podcast Alley so that we can grow the number of listeners that we have, so we can grow the number of people who comment and contribute audio segments and all of those things. We want to thank Michelle West and Vicki Sherman for their contributions via PayPal for the month of June. It's really the support of people who contribute financially to our show that makes this thing possible for us to do on a weekly basis. Um, and of course, if you want to help out our podcasting efforts here for the Generally Speaking Weekly Lost podcast, there are four ways you can do that. Now, I'm going to rank them in order. First, you can contribute via the PayPal button at our site at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Number two, you can support our sponsor. Uh, that means that you contact them, thank them for sponsoring us, and if at, and if at possible, please buy something from our sponsors. And uh, number three, you can cast a vote for us on podcastalley.com. Better yet, after you place your vote, send me an email at cliff at ravenscraft.org and ask, and ask me to add you to the list. There is a list of more than 125 people, 130 people now, uh, that have asked me to remind them around the first of the month to please go in and cast the vote and if we get 130 people to vote on the very first few days in the month of july guaranteed we'll be in the top 10 of that list on podcastalley.com for at least seven to ten days so please uh email me and ask me to add you to the list and then number four you can call into our listener line at area code 413 Leave your thoughts on the episodes, your feedback. Uh, your voice is what we really want to put into this show. And so the more you call in, the more or the less that I have to talk, and the people will probably stick around and listen to our <laughs> podcast more. So anyway, and we want to go ahead and close out this episode with a very special thank you to Chris at Creature HTPC. You can go ahead and yawn. They know that you yawn through the episode. I know, I couldn't hold that one in. Anyway, we're going to close out the show with a, a little phone interview, or actually it was a Skype interview type of thing where the, the audio quality isn't the greatest. And I asked him a couple questions about his home theater PCs and his business. Mm -hmm. And so this is Chris and I having a conversation about what he has to offer to our listeners. And then I'm immediately going to close this out with our extra or our exit theme right after that. So hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. And we certainly hope that this unedited version comes out to you okay and you can handle all the ums and things of that nature. And so... Uh, Let's go ahead and tell them. All right, well, we'll say get lost and all that stuff after this. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, play that clip from uh, Chris and I. Okay, I'm here with Chris McDeed, and he's with CreatureHTPC.com. And he is our sponsor for this and a couple other episodes of our podcast. And Chris, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about your uh, services and uh, products that you offer. Sure, go ahead. Can you tell me, what is a what is exactly a home theater PC? Well, home theater PC is basically a device designed to make it easy for you to manage all of your media, from music, movies, TV shows, to all of the information that you can gather off the internet. How long have you been building these things? Uh, well, I've been building custom PCs for 11 years. Uh, I finally found out about the home theater PC environment about four years ago and built my uh, first 
about three years ago and fell in love with it and immediately opened the company. And what's the advantage of having, let's say, one of your home theater PCs instead of just a regular media center computer that I can get at Best Buy? Uh, we spend a lot of time deciding what hardware and software combinations will create for a stable environment because the last thing that you want to do when you're sitting in your living room enjoying media is have to deal with the PC type of environment. So we spend a lot of time deciding what parts go into that environment and work well there. Um, basically, we're HTPC enthusiasts, and we design the systems as if we're going to use them. So we try and make them the best they can be. All right. Well, what's, why not just get a TiVo? I mean, those seem to be pretty user-friendly these days. Uh, yeah, TiVos are really good, but a lot of the stuff that you'll gain as a benefit from the HTPC is you actually you own your media. I mean, you can get it, you can encode it for a mobile device so that you can sync it with your your mobile media players. You can email it to yourself. You can edit the video if you want with a video editor. You can watch it remotely over the internet. You can schedule your programming, you know, from anywhere in the world. And I mean, besides just the PVR and DVR functionalities that the HTPC has, it has a lot more functionality to go with it, including DVD player, CD player, music jukebox, a PC, upscaler, photo editor, and more. And a lot of people have ditched their old analog televisions because uh, the FCC has pretty much announced that everybody's going to go to high definition for some reason. Are your HTPCs high definition compatible? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're familiar with a PC, you know how high the resolution can go. I mean, most HDTVs are like 720p or 1080p now. Uh, PC can go 1500p and beyond uh, for its signal. As far as the system itself, what kind of operating system are you using? We typically use Windows XP Pro. However, we do have a lot of people who are fans of Media Center Edition, and we can integrate that as well. That would be Microsoft, correct? That's correct, yes. And so the obvious question I'm sure many of my listeners are going to have is, how often do you see the big, huge blue screen of death? <laughs> well, that we don't see as much anymore with XP Pro. It's actually a very solid system. And I mean, with any device, you can obviously get a failure. I mean, I've seen TiVo's black screen, and I've even seen a cable box lock up. Now, what we do use is we use very good hardware and software combinations that are very stable. We also use a product called Acronis, and it is designed for making backups of your entire drive or just specific parts of it. So the system will ship with a restore disk that you can restore to the exact settings it was when it left us. But what the software also lets you do is once you get it set up, you can create a restore disk basically as it is when you are done setting it up. And we'll even walk you through setting it up as well. So that way, if something happens, you restore your C drive to what it was before. You don't lose any of your media because it's on an entirely separate drive. You hit the um, scan for new media button, and you're back in business. Very nice. Now, let me ask you, do you offer a warranty with your systems? Uh-huh. You do two years, parts, and labor. All right. What about technical support? Do they have to pay like nine ninety nine a minute? <laughs> no, we're not some manual company that's going to charge every time you call or use our forms. If you got a question, just ask. All right. Well, if I do call you and uh, I have a question, am I going to get somebody in India with some kind of broken English? Now, the way we're set up is you're going to actually get a technician who is designing or building these systems. In fact, your technician who's building your systems will contact you before it even ships to you because they're going to want to find out what display that you're using and what connections you're going to need so that he can either suggest or make sure that every adapter is in the box that you need to get a set up. Okay, well, let's just say I did buy one of these systems from you. When I get it home, how easy is it going to be for me to set up? 
Uh, they're pretty easy to set up. I mean, a lot of, we're going to set up as much as we can on this side before we ship it to you, and then we're going to try and make ourselves available when you're setting it up in case you need our assistance via email, uh, web chat, or phone support. Um, there, really, it's just sound, video, power, internet connection, and a few adjustments, and you're ready to go. So it doesn't sound like it's any more complicated than my DVD player that I got. <laughs> no, and you won't have to set the time either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask you, if you wouldn't mind, just real briefly, give us the top three features of your system. Hmm, that would probably be the PVR and DVR functionality, um, DVD library management, CD library management, and those would probably be the top three. Now, I I had been chatting with you via email and things of that nature, um, which is a phrase that my listeners now love, is the whole things <laughs> of that nature. Anyway, wh- one of the things that I you had mentioned is this ability to not only rec- set up recordings or timers via the Internet. Now, I've heard that some of that functionality is beginning to be available in some TiVo devices out there. However, what really got me was that you're using this new technology that I've recently heard of, and that's where you can actually sign in via a secure password and everything into your home theater PC and have your system stream to you any recorded event you have on your system via the Internet anywhere in the world. Is that correct? That's correct. In fact, the PC will actually, it has its own web interface on it, so anywhere on your home network you can get to that page and adjust settings, and you can actually see your entire library, and you can even, like, flag a show, so it'll be recorded or re-encoded into, like, a mobile or a different format. Now, what you do on your router is you point your router's port for that port for that web page to that machine, and then anywhere in the world you can access that web page and have the same information. And that web page, you also have to set up your login, so that way nobody can just go to your web page and get access to it. They'll have to have a login for it. Now, I've, I've been able to forward ports on my router, and to some people, I've just spoken another language completely, and <laughs> it might as well have been Pig Latin. So I would assume that when you when they're setting this up, that's something that you're going to walk them through, how to sign into the router and, and, and do all that, and you're going to walk them through step by step. Is that correct? We'll be more than happy to help them, absolutely. Very good. Well, let me ask you this one last question, Chris, and I really appreciate you giving me the time to, to ask you these questions because it's one thing to have me come out here and just say, hey, this podcast is sponsored by blah, 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 and that's all they hear. But I think this has been very nice for people to at least hear about your systems and what you think you have to offer to them. If my listeners go to your website, they either contact you via email or they even call you. I see your phone number is on your website. That's correct. That I, I want to say that, that I'm very, very glad to see that. So many uh, Internet business companies do not want to be bothered on a, on a phone call, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. So I just want to congratulate you for having your phone number on there. <laughs> so, so if my listeners were to call you and say thank you, first off, for sponsoring our show... And then they mention our name, and if they purchase a system, what will you do for our listeners? Uh, anybody mentioning this podcast will give them $100 off any of the packages on the site. But again, we specialize in the custom market as well. So if there's any custom special features that you'd like to see or you prefer certain hardware, let us know, and we'll definitely customize that system, and I'll still provide that discount for you as well. Very cool. Thank you very much. Uh, Chris, uh, how can people reach you? What's the best way to reach you? You want to give us your website and your telephone number? 
Sure. Uh, our website is www.creaturehtpc.com, and you can reach me directly at chris at creaturehtpc.com, and that's probably the best way to get hold of me. And my telephone number is 407-330-1016. Very cool. Thank you very much, Chris. Have a great evening. Thank you very much. You too. Well, that was my interview with Chris, and we know a little bit more about what he has. And I really want to encourage you guys, if you're in the market for an HTPC or a home theater PC, and, and you know, I'm actually thinking stuff, hey, you know, come fall, we might be looking to reestablish some satellite and be kind of nice to be able to log in and set timers from anywhere and when we're out on vacation to be able to stream our recorded lost shows to our hotel room. Hmm. What do you think about that? That'd be pretty cool. If we mention that we're with the Generally Speaking podcast, we can get 100 bucks off. I think we should do it. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody, for listening probably to our will. show this week. What'd you say? So we probably will. Get one? I'll do anything to get TiVo back at this point. <laughs> you can't stand that live television, I can you? I hate it. I so hear. we may be calling you Chris and uh and, and getting some more information for our own personal use. <laughs> and pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. We'll need to put that in our budget and save for it though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast and please do call in your listener comments and and thoughts regarding the next episode of Lost and call those in before Wednesday of next week. And Stephanie, you're laughing. What are you laughing about before we cl- close this out? You told them to call in with their comments and things of that nature. Did I, t- did I say things of that nature? <laughs> no, that's just what I thought when you said it. <laughs> Give me a hard time. <laughs> hey, anyway, until next time, let's stay, stay lost. lost. You have been listening to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958 to leave your comments and questions. And things of that nature. please start with your name and where you're calling from. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal Donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening.